Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You're listening to the Kanks Cast Podcast. New episodes are released weekly. Follow on Twitter and Instagram at KanksCast. Like on Facebook and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Welcome to Kings Cast with Eric and Ryan. This is your weekly Sacramento Kings podcast for Kings fans by Kings fans. As always, this episode is brought to you by Ziggy Smoke Shop. You can follow Ziggy Smoke Shop on Instagram at Ziggy Smoke Shop 209. They have locations in Stockton and Tracy. Oh, we are coming off of a super fun episode just a couple days ago where Ryan and I did our breakdown of the second week of the season. And pretty much brought out all the takes, the up and down takes in Kingsland. Uh, Kings have had a interesting season. They were 500 uh, as of the other day, so it's it's definitely up and down. But it's fun to talk about. A lot of takes out there, a lot of opinions, and of course, it's always fun to watch that Sacramento Kings regular season basketball. If you are looking for um, any of Kings Cast episodes, we do one every week. We've done a lot going into the season, and you can find those streaming wherever you find your podcast. Bringing in my co-host today, as always, Ryan. What's good, bro? What's going on? I'm excited. As always, Kings got their ass kicked last night, um, so that wasn't good. I, you know, we talked about it the other day, man. If you if you want to make the playoffs, you got to win these games against a one and six team. And I know the Raptors aren't really a truly a one and six team, but they were missing Kyle Lowry. They're probably their second best player. Got to win those games. Kings looked absolutely horrible. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about it more. So, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to be here again. Yeah, there you go. Wow, well, let your feelings out right there on the intro. I freaking love it, man. But it, it's K- Kings cast is always better when the Kings win. When they lose, you know, sometimes we talk some yeah, shit. Yeah, so we'll, we never know where it's going to go. But uh, so we're real excited, man, because today we're coming at you guys with a with friend of the show, guest Casey Yost, who we've had on a couple times. Um, and we're here to do a dedicated Kings Land episode. So Kings Land is a page we worked on and, and run with KC. KC really take the lead on that. It's a Facebook group um, on Facebook. It's a it's a public group, so you can join that. If you're a Kings fan out there and you just want to talk and see other takes and debate and have your voice heard, check out Kings Land. If you're not on it, get on it. So bring in KC. KC, man, welcome back to the show. Glad to have you on, man. Thanks, guys. I no, appreciate you having me on again. It's always fun coming on and talking about the Kings this, this season, kind of like Ryan was saying here, right? It's, it's been a roller coaster. Some, some of the wins have been great. We've gone from three and one to, to losing a couple in a row. So it's funny to, to watch the fans react from, you know, we're playoffs locked, you know, this is happening. Tyrese Halliburton's a superstar to fire the coach, trade X, Y, and Z player. Um, it's definitely been a roller coaster this year, guys. Yeah. Uh, Thanks for having me on. Happy to talk about it. So we can we can pretty much just kick it off right here, guys, and just talk about the, you know the up and down of the season. When you're 500, it's going to be up and down. 
um, which we're recording this on the morning of uh, the ninth of Saturday. We have a game tonight, so the Kings actually are not five hundred. They're they're four and five right now. So we pre- Ryan and I predicted five hundred after ten, which would be tonight. So if they're five and five, that's pretty good. The thing that sucks about being at this tier of a team this early in the season is that there are you're not going to have a lot of uh, winning streaks, and I think that's the thing about about the Kings and then Kingsland, right? Is that is that winning streaks are <laughs> Man, I don't know if they, I don't know if they can handle a winning streak. I don't know if they can handle a losing streak. People are going crazy. And so before we go into some of our topics, you know, this episode, one of the things we want to do is bring Casey on and talk about all of the takes on the Kingsland page that we've been talking about. So we got some feedback from some people and really we've just been on there from interacting. So that's what we're going to talk about. But I'll start off this guys. You know, I said winning streaks in order to be a good team, you need to string together a couple. You know, the Kings have yet to do that, right? So, like, I don't know. Let's talk about this up and downness, and let's talk about fans and, and how fans feel. And in your guys' takes on, on fans right now. Yeah, I'll go first. So, my take on fans is, you know, it's the same thing that it's always been. Don't get too high. Don't get too low. Some of you guys are crazy, honestly. Some of you guys go, seriously, you go up, you go down, you're, you're all the way to the left, you're all the way to the right, and – you know, I, I would encourage a lot of fans to just take a step back and and recognize this team for what it is. And I've said it a couple of times in the group chat last night, and it was the, the Kings are a fringe playoff team. All right. No matter, you know, no matter if they win the next three games or they lose the next three games, they're going to be a fringe playoff team, just like they've been the last two years. All right. Um, so we really, we really, really need to recognize that. Um, also, fans, you know, you, you can't, you can't start going crazy eight games, nine games into the season on players, you know, oh, they're terrible. Oh, we got to get rid of them. Um, you know, I, I really encourage, again, people to step back and look at it objectively, each player, um, you know, not being biased and and really try to assess and uh, see what their strengths are instead of pointing out players' weaknesses. You know, I see a lot of people go after guys like Buddy Heald and all they do is point out his weaknesses instead of realizing the fact that he has improved his game a little bit um, in other areas. I know the scoring's down, but he's hustling more. Um, he's crashing the boards. He has been uh, playmaking a lot more, and people just don't recognize it because they hate the guy so much. So fans, you know, don't go left, don't go right, don't go up, don't go down. Keep that happy medium and, and everything's going to be okay. Yeah, no, I, I think that's spot on, right? It's um, everybody is so in the moment that, you know, you, you react from that game. And I always try to tell people when I'm talking to them online, right, let it go five or ten games. If you feel the same way, you know, start to voice that opinion. But it's so back and forth right now that one game, you know, Marvin Bagley will play horrible and the whole fan base wants to trade him. And then the next couple of games he's playing great. He's looking like the number two pick. So uh, just kind of pump the brakes a little bit, guys. You know, this is this is a season where it, it's clear to me that we've taken a step forward in some areas. We still have some other areas like defense and rebounding at this point in time that, that need some focus, but it's a long season. The coaching staff is working on these things. It's going to get better. It's a young team. This is the second year in this system. They've already taken that step forward. I think as time goes on, it's going to continue to look better and better. Um, it's all about being patient at this point in time. I, I don't think we need to make any, crazy trades. I don't think we need to fire the coach. Let's keep things on the track they're on right now and hope to continue to develop some of these guys, continue to improve and just see where we end up. That, that's kind of where I'm at at this point in time. The uh, I learned my lesson about this last year and it, and really I, I've talked about this last couple episodes and it was 
just because last year there was a little bit of expectations going into the season. I, 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 a lot of excitement. You know, the Kings signed some players. They were coming off of a season before, which they finished just outside of the playoffs in the ninth seed. And so, you know, you naturally you thought there was going to be this progression. But they started off the season last year. I'm looking back. Uh, one, two, three, four, five straight losses to start the season last year. Um, just before, honestly, just before the end of the year last year, they had a five-game lose streak, okay, three-game lose streak, and then a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight-game losing streak. That was all before the end of the year last year. So if a five, what did I say, five, a three, and an eight, and then a couple sprinkled in. So those were bad skids last year. And I don't know, KC, where'd the Kings finish last year? Do you, you remember exactly? Like they finished right at you know eight, ninth, tenth seed somewhere around there, or somewhere I mean, around. I think before, they were, they were the three bubble. games, three games out of the playoffs is I think where it ended up finishing. And that was before I, the bubble played and all that stuff. So you know, it, it's one, it's things change over a long season, and and I think the one thing that I, I'm, I'm not going to get too crazy about is is if they. They win two, they lose one, they lose two, they win one. Like that's kind of what it's gonna be when you're a 500 floating type of team. That's your season, right? You're not. If you were putting stringing together six wins, you wouldn't be in that tier. You'd be you'd be a good team, and and so people just got to get used to that. And so what you've got to look for is like Ryan said, you have to look at how uh, players are being used, rotations, you know, how certain guys' role is, whatever. Those things you got to focus on early in the season, and then you really just only get alarmed when they start putting to their long skids. That's when you start getting alarmed. And we haven't had that. So there's no need to get freaking out right now. Yeah, and, and pretty much what you just explained to, you know, they're going to win two, lose two, win one. That's why it's so important if you do want to take that step into the playoffs that you beat a Toronto team last night without Kyle Lowry. That's why I've been saying, you know, like a lot of people are saying, uh, you know, oh, yeah, you know, we got to go get this, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, no, it, you got to have a sense of urgency in these games because these are the ones that you have to win. This That was a must win last night, you know, just like it was a must win the night before against against Chicago because technically you are a better roster. You, you, you know, you were the favorite to beat Chicago. You got to go out and win. And, uh, you know, that's, that's the biggest thing for me is I'm not worried about, hey, you know, if they drop a game here and there, you know, to, if you lose to Lakers, fine. You know, that game you lost to the Warriors, that's fine, right? Warriors came out last night, beat the Clippers. They're playing well. They're going to be a playoff team, you know. But it's those games against Toronto, those games against Chicago that are alarming to me. And you start losing games at the bottom of the divisions, that's it right there. And that's how you get into those eight-game skids because, you know, you could have lost that game to Chicago, you lose tonight, and then all of a sudden you could go play Lakers, Clippers, or and Phoenix in a, in a six-day span. And then next thing you know, you're looking at that five-game losing streak like you're saying. Well, there seems to be some type of uh, grit from the team. Like, you know, they want to win. There's, it's not just kind of like uh, going through the motions, like the, which is good because I, I, it sounds cheesy, guys, but I feel like the last couple of years, it, no one's really been outspoken. It's always like we're growing, developing, and everyone around the media is like, well, they're they're you know they're trying their best, and it's like, it seems like they're they're really trying to compete and get better this year. So you know that, that's great. There's 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 some takes out there. Um, that I want to bring to the forefront. So we're almost 10 games in, and one of the – I would say let's let's start off with the biggest topic, right? And it's Hal Burton, guys. So everybody on the Kingsland page, for the most part, is loves Hal Burton. I, I feel like you guys do too. I do too. And I feel like it's – Ryan and I have talked about it, KC, our last episode. So we'll let you kick it off and drop your take on him. But I see on the page last night – 
that he's going to be an all-star soon, that he's, he's the King's best player. He's taking us to the playoffs. Ah, uh, you know, I know you don't agree with that take. So what have you been commenting on these posts to people that say things like that? Yeah. And, you know, first and foremost, I get it. You know, we as an organization have been wanting a player like this from the draft and to get one, it's exciting. This kid, he does very little wrong. I was making comments to my buddies last night that he almost seems too good to be true when we're watching it, right? He's, he's making shots. He's making tough shots. He's setting up teammates. He's not turning the ball over. There's really no reason to dislike this kid. So I get why everybody, you know, feels this way about him is making those comments. But what I keep saying to people is um, there's just levels to this, right? Uh, he is a great player. He's going to be a great player. He's been playing great, but we don't have to crown him yet. You know, let him earn his status game by game. There are milestones that he needs to reach throughout his career. I think before we even start talking about him making an all-star team, and really for me, before we even start talking about making him the starter, I'd like to see consistency with it. I'd like to see him do this throughout a whole season. I think that he's put himself in a position that he is a rookie of the year candidate. I'd like to see him continue to, to push towards that. And, and that's the first milestone that we're pushing for for him is to win rookie of the year, to be on the rookie all NBA team. Um, and then go from there. I don't, I don't even look at some of these other things for the future just yet. It's, it's way too premature at this point in time. So that's what I keep telling everybody. Great player. Be excited about it. We don't need to compare him to LeBron. We don't need to say he's an all-star. He's a great player. We're happy to have him. We got the steal of the draft. Let's see some consistency from him. Yeah, the, that, no, that's a, that's a really good take. It's exactly how I feel. You know, people, you know, give a, a bigger sample size than what does he miss two games than what eight games that he's played seven games that he's played. He, we need a bigger sample size. You have to have a bigger sample size, especially for a young kid who weighs 175 pounds. Right. And uh, you know, he's, he's not a real scorer like that. So for him to, you know, for him to affect the game, the way he's been, he's got to do multiple things. And I don't know if that's sustainable at the level that he's at right now. It really, it truly, like I'm looking at it. He's like top four in, three-point percentage his assist to turnover ratio is absolutely ridiculous you know like the the stats that he's putting up are high high level and I don't know if that's possible to keep up like that especially for a young kid uh you know I do think he's going to be really good and I'm really happy that the Kings were lucky enough that he fell somehow to the 12th to the 12th pick because that wasn't supposed to happen right you know we always say the draft is more luck than anything Right. And, you know, we're just really happy that he's here. Don't put too much pressure. He is what he is. All right. And like I said it last week on the podcast, he's closer to Michael Carter Williams than he is to Magic Johnson. All right. So we got to stop with that stuff. All right. But I'm happy he's here. The, the, the thing I've noticed about Kings fans is that we're just deprived. I've, I've used uh, this analogy in the past, Casey. It's like a dude who just hasn't been late in years. Like, you know, and then all of a sudden someone throws him a little bit of interest. Oh, shit. He falls in love right away. You know, like that's 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 Kings fans out there sometimes. And that's what this is. And when you blow a bunch of draft picks and kind of blow a lot of players and all of a sudden you got you got you got someone coming in who is uh, who's solid. I think the thing here is that I wanted to address this with you guys. He's not carrying the team. Like he's not carrying the team. There, there's that misconception. He's to me. He he is. He's. I, I said that he. They're eight. They're playing about eight or nine players right now. 
All right. And he's one of those eight or eight or nine players. They're all playing a lot of minutes and they all have a role. So without that role, it'd be somewhat of a detriment. You know, he's just, he's just playing up to his role. There's still some deficiencies in his game right now that are going to come through development. And to be honest, it may take years of development. Really. It's, it's the scoring. I think people are so like, he can, you know, I'm, I chill out on this. He needs to be inserted and replace certain players in the starting line because I think be careful what you ask for right now. He's excelling in the role that he's in, and that's kind of how the NBA is. When you're asked to do something, you can do it. But when you're asked to do more, you may not perform. I mean, the reason he's shooting such a high three-point percentage is because he's when he's on the court, he's really like the third or fourth option to score, and he's wide open in the corner. You know, he, he does things where he gets to the hoop, and he, it's, it looks great. But to act like he's going to do those things at volume, great players don't do that at volume. Yeah, so I, and I think that's a good segue into one of the really popular topics relating to Halliburton is, does, should, we make, should he be the starter? Should he replace Buddy Heald in the starting lineup? I had a conversation with um, somebody on the page this morning about that. And, you know, there are reasons to say Halliburton should be the starter. He does a lot of things that Buddy Heald, you know, doesn't do. But my reasoning in response to why we should keep things the same is that, you know, on this current team, Buddy fills a very specific need that we have in shooting. And although he hasn't been hitting shots, he's still somebody out there that, that every player in the NBA has to respect, has to go out and put a hand on, um, up on and contest a shot because he is a good shooter. We don't have a lot of that on the team. Harrison Barnes can knock down a jumper. Garen Fox can knock down a jumper. Bagley can knock down a, a jumper. Um, but they're not the shooting player that, that Buddy Heald is. Um, on top of that, Imagine the scenario where we move Buddy to the bench and he freaks out again. He comes in every day upset about being on the bench. He put, gives us the effort that he gave us last year when he was coming off the bench, kind of in the bubble. Um, it didn't seem like he was completely engaged. To me, that puts us in a dangerous spot where, you know, Buddy's on the bench. He's not trying as hard. His stock is only going to get lower and lower. And if we're going to move him to the bench, we might as well be looking to trade him in that scenario. And if we are, he needs to start. We need to get his production back to where it is. So his value is where it is and we can trade him. I, I don't see any win in moving him to the bench here. Um, at this point in time, we all know maybe, you know, Halliburton's going to be the starter eventually. I just don't think it's, it, it should be something that happens yet. What do you guys think? Well, I say, fuck your feelings, Buddy Heald. I really could care less how you feel if you go to the bench. But I don't think I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it's smart. Can you imagine a scenario where Buddy Heald and Corey Joseph have to play extended minutes together? I don't think that's very smart. I, I don't think that, you know, having Buddy Heald move to the bench solves anything. The Kings are in a desperate need for someone already uh, on the bench who can carry the second unit. All of our losses, our bench has got outscored, including last night, right? And I think that we need somebody like Tyrese Halliburton to come play defense, handle the ball and make smart choices in the second unit. Cause that's pretty much what it is. When you come in the second unit, you're not looking to, Oh, I got to get my, got to get my, unless you're Lou Williams, I got to get my 20 tonight. No, you need to come in and protect the lead. That's what it is. Come in, give us good minutes, play defense, take care of the ball, right? Get easy buckets when you can get easy buckets. And that's what Halliburton does. There's no reason. And there's no scenario where Buddy Heald needs to go to the bench. It doesn't make sense. The only, the only thing that I could say if you, people, for people who want Halliburton to be in the starting lineup is I think the Kings seriously need to start thinking about, you know, running a lineup with Rashawn Holmes, Harrison Barnes, Buddy Halliburton, Fox. That is, that is a lineup that they've experimented with a lot. 
Um, I get that they're, they'll be down rebounding. They'll be down defense, but really nobody fucking plays defense anyway. So why does it matter? So that is the only situation that I think that Halliburton should start this year. Um, he's playing his role perfectly. There is no reason to upset the balance of his play. Um, he's getting the minutes. He's playing 27 minutes a game right now. That's great for a rookie in his first 10 games. So I, I think everything's fine. I think we need to put that on the back burner. There's this thing about who needs to start. This guy needs to start. And, and, and it's not – this isn't like junior high basketball where, where there's a starting lineup and then we're going to bring in the next five. And then it's, it's not hockey. You, you don't run your, your rotation in waves. You run it through, f- with fluidity throughout the game. And if you, look at the, if you look at the box scores, you know, Halliburton played uh, last night more minutes than Fox, more minutes than Holmes. He played three minutes less than Buddy Hield. So if you watch the game, it's, it's not about the starting lineup. So, you know, maybe, maybe when we have these conversations in the Kingsland page, it's not so much about that. It's about who's on the court. And that's why I like what Ryan said. It's about what types of lineups you're playing and the rotations and, and who's playing together at the same time, who's eating up a lot of minutes. So I, I don't think in for the reasons you said, Casey, you know, about Buddy Heald and for the reasons you said about Halber, and I, I, I agree in that. I like where it's at. If anything, for through the first 10 to 15 games, I'm not going to focus on this one player in their role. I'm looking at the whole rotation and what kind of lineups they're throwing together and how they're working and then, like, be like, let's see more of that, right? And, that, and that's what, what that is. Uh, Buddy Heald, though, we have to address Buddy Heald because – he is the most hated person to I think on in the Kingsland page. You know, he he is the most hated person. And uh I I don't I, I it's been going on for a really long time. You know, we've been in defense of him. What's going on right now? I mean, what what are the takes you guys are seeing out there? So everything is buddy doesn't play defense. Uh, buddy's a bad playmaker, bad buddy can't dribble. Buddy, pretty much Buddy can't do anything besides shoot. And right now he's not shooting, so that means that he can't do anything and he's absolutely worthless and we should trade him and we should bench him and he shouldn't play at all. There's a lot of people that are saying Buddy shouldn't get any minutes. You know, there's a lot of people calling for Kyle Guy to get playing over Buddy Heal. That's fucking ridiculous. You guys are ridiculous, okay? Like I said, take off the hate goggles on. So, you know, there's these hate goggles are on so much for Buddy Heal that people refuse to acknowledge that he has value on the court. You know, even even Buddy struggling, right? His usage rate right now, by the way, is at the lowest of his career since his rookie year. Okay. And even even with all that, he is still averaging like 15 and a half, 16 points a game. Okay. Just three points under, four points under what he was doing last year when he was getting all of those shots and all this stuff, right? And it's still early. We're 10 games into the season. Yes, I know. Trust me. Watching him out there, brick is fucking killing me because I really do think that Buddy is top five shooter in the league. It hurts me to see Buddy miss shots, all right? But what I try to do is look in the positive, all right? Positives for me so far is Buddy has been crashing the boards. I know it doesn't show on his rebound numbers, but it shows, right, on games against, like, the Nuggets, how he had the tip in the first game of the season, all right? If you watch Buddy Heald, he's consistently crashing the board trying to get tip-ins, okay? That's a plus for me. It's showing his effort. That's showing he's engaged. It's showing he's involved, all right? Another plus for me is everybody wants to talk about how Halliburton hit the game ceiling shot the other day in Chicago, okay? Right before that, Buddy took it upon himself, hit an and-one-three in clutch, even though he had 10 points. Those were the, the biggest four points of the game. And the next time down the court when Halliburton hit the shot, Buddy drove in, the defense collapsed, and Buddy hit the open Halliburton in the corner. It wasn't like Halliburton got the ball, 
right? Dribbled, went around a pick, hit a step back. No, he got the ball, threw a weak-ass pump fake, and hit a wide-open three because Buddy drove to the basket, collapsed the defense, okay? But a lot of people refuse to see that, okay? A lot of people hate Buddy so much that they don't even want to acknowledge that that happened, okay? So I'm not saying that Buddy's perfect, he's doing all this stuff, but Buddy, yes, he needs to step up his game, but let's try to look at the positives right now. I'm big on the the law of averages too, right? I Throughout Buddy's career, he has been a good shooter. He's been somebody that is around 43% from the field, I think 35-ish percent from three. I think he's going to get back to that just because he's in a rut right now doesn't mean you pull the plug on him. I think he's going to start hitting shots. I've been you know, probably for the last couple of games predicting, you know, this is the game that he's going to, you know, finally break out and have a better game. It, he can't, he won't continue this streak throughout the whole season. Right. Um, so he's got to just continue to take those shots, continue to, um, you know, look for his offense. He's going to start hitting those percentages are going to go back up. I, I'm good with buddy at this point. I know everybody has given him a hard time, but I, I think he's fine. I think he's going to start making shots eventually. I've been, we've, I've, really been the biggest buddy hill defender you know ryan ryan and i both really for the last six months and i always say kc you know you probably find yourself doing this on the page is when you see a take that you you disagree with you feel like you need to take the oppositional side to it and that's that's where that's what's cool about the kingsland page is probably the case for everybody and that's what makes the debates on there fun is because everybody feels that way like well i disagree so i'm gonna argue and when, when the, with the bad Buddy Hill takes that were going on, I think a lot of it was unfair, you know? And so I felt the need to really come out and defend the guy a lot. And that's why we've been so such advocates for him. But it doesn't mean that I'm blind to the deficiencies that he's had. And and one of the things, like, I, I can't defend is his – he has been shooting it at volume from the three-point. It's like the only shots he's been taking have been three-point shots, right? And that frustrates people. When, when, when you shoot, you know, 12 times – nine of them are from the three-point land, you know, and you're only shooting 30%, it looks, the optics look bad. I, I get, I agree with what you're saying in, in that the, uh, the, the law of averages or everyone goes back to their mean. That's kind of what I always say, right? Which is the same thing. And it's like, we know what his mean is. We know it's 20 points. If anything, you know, I would like to see, I, I said this the other day that Buddy Hill is not, is a guy who, He's not going to create sit here and create his own shots consistently at volume. He needs he needs shots drawn up for him specifically, right? And he needs to, and and that's what I want to see, and that's what I called for in the offseason. I have yet to really see it. To me, it seems like he he's he's he looks a lot thicker this year. He looks big, um, and it looks like they're using him to guard the best player in the backcourt. So he guarded Zach Levine the other day. He's you know guarding Steph Curry. You know, he's guarding John Wall. You know, so he he's that's that takes a lot out of a guy. Ryan made that point the other day. Um, he is doing he's playing a little bit different, where it seems like he's more of the intermediate person with the ball. You know, he it's either it gets to him and he makes a choice, either out or me. Or I would like to see him play off ball, run around a little bit on offense, catch and shoot a couple times at a high success rate. If you're a coach, you should be able to draw up the best three, one of the best three point shooters in the league open shots maybe four times a game that shouldn't be that hard I mean really to me it should not be that hard I I don't see it um and so until I start seeing him utilized in that way and stuff it's gonna be hard I think if it carries on all season you know where, where it's like this or even to mid-season I think the people are gonna and the king's record isn't that great there's gonna be some validity to what people say you know and and so we'll wait and see I'm not gonna make that decision now but we will wait and see and see how it goes I mean we're just having to be subjective about it
You know, and, and people, you know, I saw a lot of people calling for Buddy's head after the game last night. Him and him and Kojo were the big ones that I saw that people were like, they get him off the court. Oh, you know, you look at their you look at their numbers, right? You know, Buddy three for nine from three, whatever. Okay. Uh, but 15 points, six assists, five rebounds. He led our team in rebounds last night, you know? So like before you start bashing our starting shooting guard, why don't you go, you know, take a look and, and go talk to Rashawn Holmes about having zero rebounds as the starting center in an NBA team, zero rebounds last night. Okay. So put, you know, put the blame where blame's supposed to be had. And, you know, you, you look at guys like, you know, freaking Marvin Bagley, Four rebounds. So you had four rebounds total from your starting big men last night. That's what I wanted. That's that's really where the blame should be. You guys couldn't stay in front of Boucher, right? Pascal Siakam kicked your fucking ass, all right? And that's 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 where the game was. So for people to blame Buddy Heald last night, it's fucking ridiculous, all right? Take the hate goggles off of Buddy Heald, man. It's like Ryan said, Casey. He said this in our season preview is like when, when people love a guy, he gets the pass in every direction. Oh, when they dude. hate a guy, they fucking don't dude, care what good dude. he does. It's all about the bad, dude, you people, know? You know, like last night, people are like, oh, my God, Halliburton is so great. Well, Halliburton, you know, 5 for 10, but he was 6 for 14, okay? Halliburton separated himself and hit five threes last night. I understand that, okay? But Halliburton, 15 points, 8 assists, 2 rebounds. Buddy Heald, 15, 6, and 5, okay? So before you start saying that Halliburton is just completely – you know, out, well, he, he passes my eye test. He, he does all the things on the court. He makes people better, better around him. Does he, does he make people better around him? Because, you know, last night the bench be at least two points, Robinson, nine points, freaking Corey Joseph, six points, you know? So, and, and we lost by 20. So did he make anybody better or is it just your opinion? Let's talk about the bench, Casey. Ryan's big point this year, and it's been mine, we predicted going into the season that it's been bench scoring that's going to be the, the Kings' big problem this year. What's up with what's up with their, their utilization of their bench players? They're only playing eight or nine guys. There's a couple of guys that aren't even really playing. What's your thoughts on all this, and what have you been seeing in Kingsland about it? I've been a little surprised on the rotation, mostly because, and I think a lot of people in, in Kingsland have been saying the same thing, is that we our biggest weakness right now has been, for me, interior defense and rebounding. And we brought in a guy like Hassan Whiteside who doesn't even crack the rotation at this point in time. Um, you know, Corey Joseph is somebody that has played good in the beginning of the season. Um, hasn't played as well recently. Halliburton has been good off the bench. I, I've liked Glenn Robinson off the bench in spurts. Um, but there's just been no consistency there outside of Halliburton. Um, I, I don't know that we we have a set rotation at this point in time. I think from the first four games to the the last couple of games, we've been, you know, messing with the rotation here and there. And I just I don't think we have a clear direction of who we want to play. Um, who we want to get minutes in certain scenarios. And, and Walton is still trying to figure that out. Um, to me, the big question with the rotation right now is how come Hassan Whiteside doesn't get any PT? So, you know, what's your guys' take on that one? Would you guys like to see him get more playing time? Do you guys think it, it makes sense depend, uh, depending on the matchup? What do you guys got? See, I thought uh, – I, I do think Hassan Whiteside needs to play, and I understand – you know, I understand where Luke Walton's coming from, not playing him. Like, I do un- I do get it, okay? I-, I get it. But in scenarios like Chicago, okay, you know, after he had a coach's do not play for or did not play uh, for a couple games, I was like, okay, Chicago. 
uh, with Lowry Markin and not playing and they have Wendell Carter, big guys not going to stretch the floor, right? I really thought that was a game that the Kings could take advantage of their young bigs and really crash the boards, right? I thought that was a game where, you know, Levine likes to get to the hoop. I, I think that that was a game that Son Whiteside was going to fit in well. Obviously, it didn't work out. He didn't play. Okay, Kings got the W, not going to complain. Anytime the Kings get a win, not going to question the head coach. But last night, when you get absolutely manhandled inside by guys like Boucher and Pascal Siakam, right, and we just literally can't rebound, we can't stop anybody, they're shooting 30-footers, they're getting to the hoop, they're getting second-chance points, you have to try something. And I really think that Hassan Whiteside should have – he deserved minutes last night. Now, the second part of this is – did they bring Hassan Whiteside in for trade bait at the deadline, sign for the minimum, minimum and net, maybe they're just trying to keep him healthy? Um, that's a that that's a very good possibility right there. So we don't know what's going on in the in the in the in the uh, behind scenes portion of the of the team, but I do think that Hassan Whiteside is going to play eventually. Expect like tonight when we play Portland, Hassan Whiteside is going to play 15 minutes. He has to, he has to. Nurkic in his canter, those guys are going to fucking destroy us on the boards. Okay, so we have to – for us to win tonight, Hassan Whiteside's got to play. There was a big popular post the other day, uh, Josh Chuffs on there. He put, you know – I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it was, it, was, it was like a sarcastic thing about – he was trying to make the point that people on the Kingsland page are calling for Hassan Whiteside to start over Rashawn Holmes. I think before the season, if you ask me, you know, that's what we wanted to see because we just see Hassan Whiteside as a player. But once we kind of saw what they're trying to do, we knew that wasn't going to happen. So I, I don't think anybody's calling for that. So on the page, you know, I, I had to comment on his thing and say, you know, I think you're kind of arguing with yourself here. I don't really see anybody on Kingsland arguing for Whiteside to start, but I am seeing a lot of people question this. And after 10 games, if the guy gets a multiple DNPs, guys, I mean, we're not dumb, dude. You know, there, there's a thing, you know, people show you who they are people show you what their intent is and you just got to believe it right and and they're showing you right now that they don't really they don't have an attention to use him i think i think that you're right i think that we were sold that he was going to come in here and his return to sacramento and they were going to utilize this skill set that he has and then that was going to be you know he was going to have a role and and that's doesn't that's not the case so i i think right now they're going to trade him i think in the next month that'll become more evident i think we have another uh george hill here i think we have another Dwayne deadman situation where they bring in a guy who can play well deadman couldn't play but hill and and um who else who else did i say Ariza. yeah guys who can play and then they're gonna. They ended up. They're gonna. They're gonna move them later for whatever. You know, find a player uh, like, you know, like the Kings traded George Hill for Mon Shumpert, I believe, right? No, they utilize. So they'll do something like that, I think, and that's coming. So we'll figure that out. But it is frustrating because it sucks because the Kings have not had a play a shot blocking interior defender. And I was trying to think back. They've had some weird specialists back in the two thousands, dude. Like they had like you know Lawrence Funderburk and Scott Pollard and Samuel Samuel Dallenbear played mid two thousands with them. Keon yeah. Clark, Keon yeah. Clark. Yeah. That, but those are those were those guys were like bench scrubs who could do one thing, and yep. that's what's frustrating. Is is Whiteside is a he can score, he can score inside. He can he, he's shown he can hit his free throws. He showed, you know, and I think that the the one thing I wanted to come on here and talk about Halliburton was, was the take on here that I see is like what you said, Casey, a lot of people are saying, well, it's a bad matchup. 
And I don't think that's the case. The guy can play in the NBA, and you can kind of scheme around that. I get what you're saying. Maybe he doesn't play as many minutes because of the matchup, right? It's a smaller team, like maybe Golden State, so he's not going to play as many minutes. But when a guy doesn't play, you have no intention on on using him. So I, I think the sentiment around Kingsland has been, what the hell is going on? We just want an explanation. Yeah, and, and, and to me, it, it is matchup-based in a way, right? Because we, we all want Whiteside to be getting some minutes. We think he could provide some benefit. But we also all understand that he has weaknesses. And those weaknesses, everybody's called it out on Kingsland, right? It's um, in the pick and roll, he doesn't come up and defend three-point shooters. He doesn't. He protects the paint. That, that's what he does. He's there to get rebounds. He's there to block shots. That's what he's going to do. He's not going to go out. So as, as the coach, you have to look at the situations where, you know, maybe I shouldn't play Hassan Whiteside as much when Steph Curry's out there. Maybe I shouldn't play Hassan Whiteside as much when Damian Lillard's out there. But stemming back to Houston, when John Wall's out there and he's attacking the basket over and over again, maybe it makes sense to play Hassan Whiteside a little bit more in those situations. And that goes back to guys like Keon Clark and, and the other, you know, situational people that provided us a lot of benefit in the past because we used them correctly. So I, I'm putting this one a little bit on Luke Walton to put him in situations to be successful, not put him out there with guys that run the pick and roll that are going to shoot a lot of shots, but guys who attack the rim and rely on that, put him in, in those situations, cut that off. And, you know, maybe that allows us to go in on runs throughout, you know, certain spots in games. Um, I think that if the Kings have to play the Lakers soon, I'm assuming I'm, I will look at their schedule. Um, but it, if that's really, if he doesn't play against the Lakers, that's the sign to me because or the Sixers. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, why I'm looking around, they don't play the Lakers for a minute, man. This is uh, that's crazy. I'm just looking at their schedule. I don't see them on. I don't see them in the next bunch of games. But that was a that was a team right there. I'm like, that's that's things. I'm just thinking of examples of teams where like, okay, tonight's the night. Like you're gonna see them. They're either gonna play them or they're not ever. You know, you have to and. Uh, they, they seem to, they're doubling down guys. The Kings are doubling down on this small ball analytics shit. You know, uh, we we talked about it last year and that Vivek wanted this recreation of golden state warriors when he came here. It's his fantasy thing to play with pace and do all this. Ryan and I did a theory or, uh, on the off season about like, we think small ball is kind of fake. And a lot of the good teams are big teams, long teams, even strong in the front court. Um, I think it's questionable when you're a team like Sacramento to try to play small with everybody else when everybody else has elite players on the wings and stuff. I think it's a bad strategy. Um, I would like to see them be more formidable inside and just play their own game. It's it's like what the uh, old Memphis Grizzlies did with Zach Randolph and and Marcus Saul. You remember they they were kind of the that team back in the in the in the day that was they were zigging when everyone else was zagging because that was what they did and they were strong and it was it was different. You know, and when they roll out with a lineup last night at one point, when you're getting out rebounded, you're not playing any defense, and then you put HB at center with three guards, like uh, you know, you're really showing what you want to do. And I don't like that. I, I like to I'd like to see them go out there. Okay, if a t- if a team if you're bigger and you're playing big and you're rebounding and no one's scoring side and you lose with Fox and Hill, I think you can accept that. When you're getting destroyed on all areas of the court um, defensively and you're running with small ball, very tough to accept. And I think that's where the pill is tough to swallow for Kings fans right now when you have a premier shot blocker on the court. So that's that's the frustration about it. Um, 
you know, I, I don't know, man. K- Kings, Kings land, man. What do you, what do you think of the page so far, Casey? Cause it's been, we're about a month in we're, we're up to what about five, 500, 600 members somewhere in that, in that case. What's your thoughts on the page overall? Uh, yeah, I'm loving it, man. It, we have 500 members. It's, it's been a month. So the growth in it has been crazy. I've been trying to add as, as many people as possible. So, um, you know, I, I go out and I, I look at people who interact on the Kings page on Cowbell Kingdom. And I just add, I've been adding everybody as a friend, um, inviting them to the group. And it's been good, man. We have a, a lot of interaction on there. A lot of, um, you know, people posting their opinions, people going back and forth. Uh, it, it's actually crazy how, how fast the, the group has, has grown and become active. I thought it, it would be something that, that took a lot longer than it has. And um, I'm thrilled with it, man. I, I appreciate if anybody's listening that has been on that page, I appreciate the interaction. We, we hope that, you know, the page is something that you guys have enjoyed. I myself love the, the game threads and going and, and talking with fans, especially without being able to go to the arena. I thought that that's brought a, um, kind of a fun aspect to to watching games again, and and they're always more fun when we win. But even in the losses, right? People are are sharing their opinions. It gives us stuff to talk about here on on King Kings Cast, and um, it, it's been great, guys. I you know I appreciate you going in with me on the group, and it's been real fun. Some of the things I mean, what are some of the things we want to do on there? You know, guys, like I know that uh, Ryan and I, Ryan, what do what do you like to use it for? I like to just gauge where people are at. And I like to comment a little bit and just interact, Ryan. What do you, what have you been using it for, Ryan? Well, the biggest thing that I've been using it for is the show, right? That's how, you know, me and you get a lot of content just off of Kingsland page. And, you know, because we want to come out here and talk about what people are talking about, right? I don't want to come out here and me and Eric just have random conversations uh, because honestly, you guys aren't going to like half of our takes anyway. If me and Eric really had to be straightforward with you guys and how we really felt, you know, we, I, I think it's useful that I can go on there and, and read what, what people are writing about every single day and then come here and discuss it. Right. And then people, you know, can see, you know, I can give my perspective on their, um, on what they're seeing. So that, that's it for me. I, and you know, it's nice also, you know, I had a nice little interaction last night. Somebody, somebody was wearing like a scowl to BCR Jersey. I like on the, on the, uh, on the thread, like somebody like was wearing a Scott Pollard jersey, something happened, and they had to put on their Scalabi Sear jersey, and that's when the Kings started losing. And so, you know, like that's funny. You know, like I commented, interacted. It's like, first off, why the fuck do you have a Scalabi Sear jersey? You know, but like that, it's cool. You know, I, I like it. There, there is a lot of, there's some fun, humored stuff on Kingsland. What are some of the features on the page, KC, that you, because you're really the one who drives it as far as the main admin level? Um, what are some of the things you have planned? What are some of the things you're utilizing on there that maybe is different than some of the groups? Because you've been involved with a lot of other groups before and we're still involved with other ones. So what are some of the, some of the plans for the future and some of the tools you're using to help with, with people and interacting and all that stuff? Yeah, I just made a post the other day. Something that we're trying to utilize in Kingsland is in the announcement section, right? We keep a, a thread rolling. It has every game in there so far this season, right? It, it has the game discussion thread so that you can go back and look at how fans were reacting throughout the games, what people's opinions were, what we think needs to be fixed. You can go back and look game by game at each one of those, um, as well as the game recap in there, right? Who, who, What was the final score? Who was the leading scorer? I normally do a vote to see who we think, at least in the games that we won, right? Who we think the MVP was. I, um, I put that in the post. I try to find whoever we voted for. Um, I try to find a, 
a picture that, that kind of aligns with that and put it in there to see who's been playing good each and every game and what fans' opinions were. So if you ever want to go back and look at that, um, it's going to be in the announcements section for each and every game throughout the season. Um, that's not something that I, I've seen any other group take advantage of, and I thought it would be a cool feature that we could use in Kingsland. Yeah, so uh, real quick, before I forget, I want to give a shout-out to uh, Reggie. He's on Kingsland. That's a guy. See, this is what we could also use it for. Uh, you know, we had posted something that, you know, we want to give, you know, people the opportunity to come in and give us, like, a little Q&A and, and give us a take that they want us to talk about. I'll touch on it real quick. Reggie was talking about, uh, you know, our, our players, that there is a um, possibility that Kings – can allocate their two-way players to other G League teams to play this year. I don't know if Sac again, I don't know if Sacramento's participating in that, but as far as, you know, us getting experience for our younger guys, I think it's just a lost year, uh, you know, because of COVID and all that stuff. I, I really don't think that's a priority at all. Go ahead, Casey. I'll follow up with another shout out. I wanted to give Rudy Lopez a shout out. He posted a picture in the group, um, let's see, yesterday, and he painted his garage. Uh, Sacramento oh, Kings thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that and guy. Man. Everybody was loving that. I loved it, man. That, that's it's awesome. Thanks for sharing stuff like that. That's what the, one of the other reasons we put the, together the group is for people to go on and share their King stuff and uh, share their fandom with everybody else. And I know that that post caught a lot of feedback. So I wanted to give him a shout out. That that's freaking awesome, man. You know, I hope everybody continues to to share stuff just like that. Um, I made a post the other day, you know, and, and just about Kingsland in general, I thought it would be, I, sh I should probably explain it on here is, um, is I, I came up with that term Kingsland over the podcast over the last year on the podcast last, the last year, just to refer to like Kings fans, Kings media, the Kings in general. Um, and I thought it was pretty cool. Cause this week I opened up the Sacramento B and it said, what a week in Kingsland is the headline. Um, and it was written by Jason Anderson and Jason Anderson, I know is in a lot of groups. I've seen him on there interacting. I'm wondering if he took, if he, if he's joined in our group and you, and used us as inspiration for his article, I think so. Cause I haven't really heard that anywhere. So, um, you know, that was cool, but, um, I guess, man, Casey, man, it's been great to have you on. We, we really, uh, like having you on. I think we should, we'll probably do this like once a month. We'll bring you on and do Kings, Kingsland specific episodes. I think you're down for that or what? Yeah, absolutely. As, as you guys know, if you, you know, you follow me on the group, I'm more than happy to always get on and talk about the Kings. I probably run my mouth more than anybody else does on there. So, um, anytime you guys extend an invite to me, I'm more than happy to come on the show. Sweet. So, Hey guys, we appreciate listening in. If you ever want to interact or be a part of the show like we talked about you can do so by tagging us you can find ryan and i on facebook and twitter at kingscast eric and kingscast ryan um and then of course on our facebook group kingsland so if you're a listener today and you're not in that group join that it's it's a uh, public group it's like one big king's group chat it's it's fun we're building quite a bit of community and it's fun to be on there. And if you want to stick to date with the podcast, you can find it anywhere at King's Cast. And then uh, pretty much look for the podcast anywhere you find your podcast. Uh, so with that, for Ryan, this is Eric. Go Kings. Thanks. This episode was brought to you by Ziggy Smoke Shop, 209's headiest smoke shop. 
Follow them on Instagram at SiggySmokeShop209 for a view of all of their awesome inventory. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.